welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. We're back. Another week. It feels like it's been forever, though. Maybe because Really? I feel like we recorded, like, yesterday. <laughs> I, I've, it's just, it's been a long week uh, for me in the sense that I think right after we recorded, and maybe it was the day we recorded during the holidays... Ashley like woke up and then she's like, I'm going back to bed. I don't feel well. Um, and she caught some sort of mild flu, bad cold. We're not quite sure. But she was in bed uh, the whole day sleeping. She'd get up to have some food and go back to bed to rest because she just had no energy. And then the kids got sick. So literally for the last four days of my vacation, I'm just running around wiping noses and uh making teas and and just being a <laughs> being a good dad and being a good husband and dad <laughs> yeah but of course like you know kids go to bed at seven ashley's wiped out by seven thirty. what do i do i play video games uh because because that's that's what i do and i mean we're going to talk about that but then right after that you i go back to work on monday and it's like oh right i've been off for two weeks we gotta get motoring on this stuff so it's been busy so it feels like the last week's kind of gone uh not slowly but it's been a while even though it yeah. has only been a week <laughs> yeah and i feel almost like the opposite i mean i so i started a new job and it's just it's so much information that it's like it's just it's flying by like my days are just flying by mm -hmm. and um like there I, we were talking a little bit in the pre-show but there was a blood hunt in dead by daylight this weekend and dead by daylight is one of those games that when i play it time flies like i'll start playing and then it'll like two three four hours will go by and i won't even realize so a combination of a dead by daylight weekend into a new job this week i feel like well first of all i haven't played anything and second of all i feel like i talked to you like two days ago mm. yeah i can so see that. It just like yeah it's just it's completely flown by i find you know and that's been my last couple days is like i get into the office it's 8 a.m I look at the clock, it's 4 p.m. And I'm like, oh, man, what? Where's the day gone? <laughs> uh, but, but you know, it's uh, it's good to uh, be back. Our second show of 2020. Uh, so far, so good. And uh, we don't have a lot of video games to talk about, but we, we found some interesting news stories to, to chat about. I don't know. If, yeah, we uh, got some stuff. We got some stuff. And you know what? <laughs> January is usually pretty quiet you know, in terms of games. Uh, but this is going to be a crazy year in the sense, Jocelyn, that we are going to have console unveilings, new next-gen games to talk about. It's honestly best we just, like, take a breath and relax for these first few months because it's going to be crazy, I think. It is, yeah. It's, I, I think it's going to start ramping up in the spring. So, yeah, I'm good with a couple months of, of quiet time mm -hmm. and uh, we can just, you know, play some backlog stuff because I know there's, you know... There are things that we miss every single year, but I feel like I missed more in 2019 than I ever have before. And I don't really know why, but I feel like there was just like so many offerings and so many things on so many game of the year lists that I was like, man, I either never heard of that or never played that. So I'm, I'm glad to have some catch up time. And so you actually got some catch up time over this past week because you played some Gears 5, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of of Gear. I'm a big fan of Gears of War, and Gears of War is in a similar situation as Halo. And I think I talked about this a couple weeks ago. In that, you know, the new Halo trilogy isn't necessarily 
you know, lighting the right fires as the, as the first few games did or the first five games under Bungie. Uh, and, and I think the same can be said for Gears of War in that uh, it was developed by Epic and then Microsoft purchased it when Epic decided they were done with the Gears franchise. And Gears 5 is the second game in this new trilogy. So I'm a fan of Gears of War, but for some reason I just... Uh, and it could be due to Game Pass because I, I picked up Game Pass for the year so I could play all the first-party Microsoft games, and Gears 5 was one of them. It came out in September, and I don't know. I played like an hour, and then I was like, all right, I'll come back to this, and then I never did until (laughs) just a couple weeks ago over the holidays, and I think it goes back to the conversation of services like Netflix or Amazon Prime Video. There are so many of these these streaming services where it's like, well, it's a Netflix series, it's never going to not be there. I can watch it whenever I want. And, you know, the kids' enjoyment of Paw Patrol has basically ensured that I'll never be allowed to cancel Netflix. So <laughs> what's the rush, right? <laughs> so that's that's sort of where I was at with Gears 5 and that I had, you know, found a way to stock up on uh, Xbox Game Pass. So I can always come back to this. And yeah, and here we are six months later after the game has, or not six months, but you know, a good chunk of time since it launched. And, and yeah, I've I've been trying to catch up on games in 2019 that normally I would have finished sight unseen. Like as soon as it came out, I would have finished it and moved on. But for some reason I didn't with this one. And, and uh, there's some interesting pieces that they do with Gears 5. And I think for those who played it in September or when it launched, or even followed it, uh, you know, pre-launch, would know some of the things that sort of are different about Gears 5. And the biggest one for me, and I don't know if you're familiar, Jocelyn, with the Gears franchise, uh, but it's very much like it launched as like a dude bro shooter, third person yeah, cover-based stuff. I feel like I feel like I played like three or something at right. some point. And I played a little bit of it and I was like, okay, so I'm just this like big bulky dude with a gun fighting other big bulky dudes with guns. So, yeah. Yeah. I fell off it after, you know, like 30 minutes, maybe. <laughs> big, uh, big dude muscles are absolutely required to exist in this universe. Exactly. I, I, <laughs> I was like, wow, uh, my arms are as big as a normal person's torso. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's not really believable for these giant dudes to be running around. It's it's literally the apocalypse. When do they find the time to be working out? Literally in the first game, they break you out of prison and... The prison that Marcus Phoenix was being kept in did not look like it had a gym or a <laughs> Well, it a doesn't gun. matter, Ryan, because they're just doing body weight lifting. And then when you're lifting your own body weight, oh, when you're okay. 800 pounds of muscle. Are you then, just lifting you know... a dude in his cell? Well, it was a solitary <laughs> cell. So who's he lifting? <laughs> Himself. That's like what a push-up is. You're lifting yourself. <laughs> I suppose. I guess if you're preparing for the apocalypse, like, well, I yeah. must do push-ups good exactly. sir well the locusts aren't going to you know spot me so i better stay away from the weights that i lift i don't know uh <laughs> so but that's been the that's been the best part i think about the new trilogy is that they kind of they keep the they keep the marcus phoenixes the the big muscle dudes from the first one but i think they tone down the characters a bit in the new trilogy like um the the main character from four is the son of Marcus Phoenix is JD Phoenix and there's a couple of his friends so they kind of focus on this new generation of heroes so in Gears 5 
the first act is very similar to the other uh, to Gears 4 where you're playing as JD, you're running around, and you're doing the hero stuff. And then there's this moment at the end of that act that kind of resets the playing field in the sense that you stop playing as JD, he becomes a side character, and you play as the new character introduced in 4 as well, Kate. Uh, she is a outsider, uh, not part of the, the new government, the COG government or the coalition, I can't remember what it's called, uh, and you play as her. So she has an interesting dynamic where she feels as though her people have been oppressed by this new government, but also doesn't want the world to end. So she has to sort of rise up, become a, a, a COG and, and try to uh, defeat the swarm, which is basically the locust essentially i don't know why they changed the name that was always confusing to me it's like well why not just call it the locust because they look very similar right but they're different so we don't want to we don't want to cause any issues here so we'll call them something new um and you know this game kind of adds a little bit more to the to the the story they build out a little more of the 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 lore introduced in the first parts of the the original trilogy they kind of add some tidbits explain some stuff like who queen mira was and where she came from and why she's able to control the locusts the most confusing thing about the original trilogy is like there's all these monsters running around but the queen that leads them normal human being and they never really explain it it's just like i thought well maybe that's what you know it's like a it's like an ant hill right they have a they have a queen ant and just for some reason, their queen happens to look more human than these terrible monsters. I have no idea. So uh, that doesn't really make a lot of sense, though. No, I it mean, doesn't. Really and truly, like, <laughs> why? <laughs> so in this fifth game, they decide to address the issue, and it, it, you know, I think their explanation worked quite well for me. It's essentially she is human. And they did a bunch of experiments, and lo and behold, humanity has basically caused their own destruction. It's like the, I would say, probably the the easiest story to tell in terms of like an apocalypse scenario. But I think in this case, it kind of fits with the world. Like the world is all about these characters trying to use science to to you know better the world, but it ultimately always turns to weapons. And there's a lot of talk about that. Um, there's some interesting stuff in this one where they start to introduce some of the other factions in the world and how they were sort of, there was this uh, basically a world war between these two factions and the fact that the locust arrives basically causes like a, a world event where everyone has to sort of work together. Uh, so mm. they explore a little bit more of that. You get to see more of the UIR, which is essentially the, the Russian equivalent okay. um, to our world. It's like they have the strong Russian accent. They just don't call it Russia. Um, it's not really Earth. I think it's they call it like Sarah, but uh, the most interesting. But everyone knows what it's based on. <laughs> I mean, it's Earth, right? It, they're all humans. Uh, it's like yeah. it's kind of like Star Wars, where like mm. you know, it's a galaxy far, far away. It's not Earth, but like a majority of the aliens are humans, which is yeah. maybe some like weird dots <laughs> on their faces and you know some fins <laughs> and and uh, ears where they shouldn't be. That sort of thing. Um, that's how aliens work. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> my world, my science fiction world would be absolutely not interesting. So, just ears where they should see, be. Like, I was gonna say, Ryan's writing some sort of sci-fi <laughs> story. It's like, and then I came around the corner to uh, to see the most amazing alien creature I'd ever seen. It was mostly human, but with an ear where its nose. Should be. Yeah. Oh man, 
Nailed it. It's good thing we're not recording this live because that's gold. I'm removing that and writing uh, a sci-fi story. A screenplay. It'll be exclusive to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the gamers in. Uh, oh, God. That's not true. Um, but yeah, uh, getting back to Gears 5, I, I think it's... um. There's the interesting thing they do is they so it's a game that's been going since the launch of the Xbox 360, a series that's been around for a very long time, and there really hasn't been much change to it. Just very much a sort of a, a corridor runner cover shoot shoot shoot. You know, little music chime, the enemies stop and you move forward, and it's a walk and talk, right? Uh, but in this one, they introduce sort of these open world areas where you get to. I was trying to think of the best way to describe this, but you get to basically ride around on a parasailing sled. Uh, it, think of like a think of like a dog sled, except instead of a bunch of cute puppies, you've got this giant like wind sail that you're controlling, and you're kind of parasailing across. Uh, in Act Two, you're parasailing across like a like a frozen tundra, and then in Act Three, you're 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 sort of skiing across uh, desert. And those areas are these open areas where you just kind of traverse from point a to point b as you're given sort of objectives so for instance in act two you're given the objective to find these communication towers that then pinpoint areas that you can go and investigate and and you're trying to find this secret lab and and it was kind of interesting uh but what really the best comparison that kind of hit me was it feel it felt like the the areas were very empty uh so it felt sort of like your criticisms of breath of the wild and like big beautiful areas that you could explore but not a lot happening uh in those areas so with gears 5 unlike breath of the wild there was literally nothing you just had to traverse um and it was just it was basically the idea of traversing the environment and nothing else was happening it was basically the eye candy and that's it um in act two and and that got a little See, like, oh i i don't understand why games do this it's like why bother building that big area and you don't even necessarily have to build encounters mm -hmm. but there's more to the world than just like hey look at all the trees we made like there's you know there's flowers and there's bushes and there's animals and there's other people and you know like they're just make your world steam lived in because then that creates some more interest and wants like makes your player then want to spend more time in your world. If your world is just some like basically big open square box, then what's the point of me being in your box if there's nothing else there to look at or interact with? Like it just oh it's crazy to me. Mm -hmm. I think this was one of the They're just being big for the sake of being big. Yeah, and in this case, I think that was one of the arguments. Oh, whoever designed the characters with the big muscles designed the open <laughs> world. Big for the sake of big. <laughs> I, and and that's just it. I think that was one of the main criticisms people sort of threw at the feet. Like, hey, it's great that you're trying to do something new. However, it's it's just a traversal mechanic to get from one part of the big area to another part. And to their credit, there are... Is it are... even, like, interesting? Like... I mean, I mean, did you have to like, was it like a platformer section? No, nope. You just, uh, <laughs> you just, you just like, it's a map, there, I guess. Like you sailed, which yeah. then is giving me uh wind waker vibes. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, man. wind waker is probably a better example, but again, actually no wind waker is a great example. Uh, and in gears five, similar to, to wind waker, you'd encounter areas where you could kind of explore a little bit. 
and and do some stuff there but there wasn't a lot in between there was nothing in between so for example like in gears 5 act 2 you're running around and it's like oh i need to get to this area so you traverse to that area and and that would be a little area to explore sometimes very small sometimes if it was story related it'd be more stuff to do however like i i found that oh i forgot to do a thing back at this area so i'd have to you know traverse back that way and it would take time and then oh now that that's done i gotta go back so traverse back and then that's where the monotony sort of started to crop up and it's like oh if i'm doing this more than once in a short amount of time it's not interesting right Um, and and that was probably my my biggest problem with the game was these open world areas and that it wasn't it just like breath of the wild or wind waker it's not that it wasn't fun it's just that it felt like filler to me, um, mm. and I'm glad they're trying. They tried something new, and it, and in, I'd say there was nothing to do in both acts in the open world areas. But at least in Act Three, there was a small part of the map that had these like tornadoes and storms touching down. So you had to actively avoid not only tornadoes, but whenever lightning hit, it would cause this cool effect where wherever the lightning hit, it would leave this this like. Um, I want to say like a uh, like a like a glass thing or a, a glass shape that um, the lightning would leave. It basically like solidify the sand and cause this really cool like tree like shape to show up. And then if you mm. hit it, of course, you you'd break through it, but you'd take damage. And that was the only point. There was this dynamic sort of thing in your way to kind of keep it a little more interesting. But it was just a small portion of the map, and because they put that environmental danger. There was nothing else to explore. It was all about just getting through it. Um, and you really only did it a couple of times unless you were just really like the storm and you wanted to hit back and forth. Um, so the the open world areas weren't as interesting to me as uh, maybe the developers were hoping. But I still enjoyed sort of the story and I liked the um, progression of, of Kate's character in that she is basically related to the locusts. Um, well, not the locust, but the queen, Queen Mira. She's a relative, and that dynamic of her being connected to the swarm and them exploring that angle a little bit and the science behind sort of what has created this these creatures, uh, it's it's interesting. It's a good Gears story. It ends similar to Gears Two, and then it's like we we you know we we fought off the enemy, but this is the beginning of the end. She's gonna be back. So there's gonna be a big battle. The conclusion is coming. So I'm pretty sure Gear Six will kind of fall in line with Gears Three, and then it'll be the the big epic conclusion once again to this new sort of sort of threat. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, all in all, I, I enjoyed the campaign. It was it was nice and and. Um, like I said, the the character Kate, probably the best thing to be added to the Gears franchise. She's fantastic, uh, voiced by Laura Bailey, and she and I posted a clip on Twitter, which was basically my favorite moment of the game, where she just <laughs> she just I think one of the character asks like, you know, uh, we need you to help us or something, and she says, "What the fuck do you try- think I've been trying to do this whole time?" and just walks <laughs> out. And this is after like all the like they basically come to arrest her and then all your friends do the shoulder check like the, the again the dude bro thing you'd expect a bunch of muscly dudes to do is basically shoulder check this guard and mm-hmm. after the fourth time and the robot does it the guard's just like okay I get it <laughs> and it was probably the best moment of the game and it was really good and 
it was it was just an example of some some really solid writing in the game um and there was a lot of that but i think uh it, it it's it was a it was a well done gears game i think it's it's up there in terms of my experiences with the franchise but i hope they like breath of the wild 2 i hope they listen to the feedback on the open world segments and try to find something that's a little more um dynamic like if you're going to put that in mm-hmm. there we need something that is going to um cause something well it's like, yeah. something that makes you want to go out and be in that space like i don't mind games trying to do open world stuff i think open world stuff can be done really well i mean and i'm gonna throw back to days gone from last year which i know is not a whole lot of people's favorite thing but the hordes that you could encounter and the fact that, you know, you could almost like create your own horde if you weren't careful just because of, you know, making noise out in the wild and how all of the zombies are fast zombies, you could get swarmed really quickly. And that made the open world areas, not to mention all of the random quests that you could stumble upon and all the rest of it, but that made the open world have a purpose And if you're just doing an open world to show that you can build a nice landscape, then it just doesn't really belong in your video game. Like if, if the point of your game is, is to tell a story and you do that in cutscenes, and you know, there's just no reason for your players to actually be out in the world. Don't force them out into the world. Mm -hmm. You're just tacking on extra playtime for no reason. So like, give me a reason. That's yeah. all I ask. And I mean, dynamic <laughs> like, events, it, it, it can be tough, right? It's a it's a balancing act. Uh, like I'm playing The Witcher 3 again, uh, and it is an open world. And very much uh, like many open world games, they, they strike a balance of what can be, if you're just trying to get point A to point B, I'm going to fast travel. If well, exactly, I, yeah. Know. Then like if you, you don't want to focus on traversing the open world if there's too much that might slow your player down, but you also don't want to put nothing there so that, you know, cause then you're essentially just slowing your player down again, but without giving them anything to do. Right. Cause then you're just putting this big, vast landscape in front of them that they have to, well, I mean, you've been saying it over and over traverse. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like That's they the just have to day. go. Yeah. They just have to go walking at the speed of the video game character or, you know, using whatever transportation or mount or whatever is in the game. But basically, you've then just got them drawing a straight line between the two places that they want to go and just wasting time to, what, up your play count? Like, played time count? Like, I, I don't know. It just, I don't like when games make that choice. I want, like, if I'm doing something in a game, I want it to have a purpose. Mm-hmm. And if the purpose is just to show me pretty landscapes, that's not enough for me. Like, I just want to, like... Show me that in a cutscene or something like, you know, or, you know, let me see it once and give me fast travel. Like, I don't know, but it, it just I mean, it seems silly to, to have a big open space and take the time to build and animate a big open space that then you're not going to put anything in. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was interesting to go through. Uh, it looked great. But I mean, the second you were moving across the, the same land once or twice, or, or twice or, or three times, it, it felt, uh, okay, I got to get, it, it felt more like a chore. And I mean, they, there aren't, they aren't, when I compare it to Breath of the Wild, like the open world area isn't like immense, isn't so vast that it's going to take you days. You know, it takes minutes. It's not a long time there. I would say 
yeah, I would say maybe it could have been a little bit smaller for what they were trying, what they were putting into the world. Mm -hmm. Um, but other than that, I, I think that they're, they're close. I think with this feedback from not specifically this feedback, but the feedback they got from the general gaming public, I, I feel like they could keep those open world segments in gear six, but sort of expand upon them a little bit, you know, offer, uh, you know, something. So for example, they introduced, um, some components you could find that would allow you to upgrade your, your Jack character, which is a little robot that sort of follows you around and, and helps you out and you, and will do special abilities and stuff. That was a new mechanic they added in Gears 5. I really love it. it, it you could have had random encounters or something along those lines while you're while you're crossing the open world areas. And then the reward is, oh, you, you know, took out these baddies. Here's a component, you know, because the components could then be used to upgrade Jack, therefore making those encounters not a chore, but actually something worth stopping to do. Yeah. Um, but there was none of that. And maybe hopefully they'll i don't want them to drop it i just want them to find a balance right so uh I, i'm hoping they strike that balance in, in in the next gears which will most likely be a a game on uh series x the new console but um other than that i i alluded to it last week i, I bought a can of pringles so i could get a boost one of those codes that you could then get like double xp and then I played a. I continued to play a, a three-hour match of, uh, horde mode on New Year's Eve, where essentially it was like nine o'clock, that it was ten, that it was twenty twenty. So. It was a good time. Uh, that's how I celebrated New Year's Eve was with a can of Pringles and and horde mode, because <laughs> everyone else was asleep. Yeah, we watched a completely terrible horror movie. Oh yeah, which one? Well, was it's it? like. It's funny because the one that we decided to watch was like, it was almost Zombieland-esque in it's like making fun of the genre, but they didn't do it as well as Zombieland did. Uh. So it was, uh, I think, oh shoot, was it called, it was either called Hide and Seek or Ready or Not oh, or okay. something like that. Um, it's basically like girl marries into a uh, rich dude's family. They built their fortune on playing games and they need to, you know, like at, at midnight on their wedding night, they need to play a game with the family and, you know, then, then they end up trying to kill her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, it does sound it, bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it does a lot of like tongue in cheek, like poking fun at itself. But like, it's, it's way more of a comedy than a, than an actual like horror. <laughs> it's mm. much more. Yeah. It's much more like zombie landish, I would say. Okay. Well, interesting. Yeah. But anyway, like, but it, yeah, it really wasn't good. But that's how I did. That's how I spent my New Year's. Well, it sounds like we <laughs> both accomplished aside, something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, other than that, I, I did. I managed to finish The Witcher on Netflix, which has caused me to very much enjoy my return to The Witcher Three with Hearts uh, of Stone. I, t I said I would check out the DLC. Never did play it, but uh, now I'm back in. I, I think I'm definitely going to finish it. It's one of the smaller ones, so I think I'm mm. maybe two thirds of the way through. And uh, man, oh man, jumping back into The Witcher 3, that is a complex game. And just the rush of like, okay, what do I do here? How do I use this sword? What's the mechanics for shielding? Why do I keep dying? Uh, all that fun stuff. But it you know, eventually came flooding back to me because I did put about 100 hours into the main game. But uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun. And um, 
playing a game that came out in 2015 on a new set of PC hardware. Yeah, that runs pretty buttery smooth considering what it probably played like when I played it in 2015. It was probably serviceable but but choppy at best well yeah it was probably pushing your system quite hard with with how big of a game witcher 3 was and you know how much was in there and the combat and everything else like it's it's a big complicated game that was the one of the big things that that turned me off of it because i just didn't have the time at that point in time to sink 100 150 hours into a single player story type thing so i didn't end up playing it and uh i bet yeah it's probably oh man i maybe i should try to play it now and uh and see what it's actually like i know matt that was basically what he did with his so we finished watching the witcher um just before new year's and uh so he spent the last couple of days of his well i mean i say couple of days but probably the last like three or four days of his christmas holidays he spent just like sitting up at his computer playing the witcher start to finish and uh yeah i think he played like 50 hours i want to say oh wow yeah no in I... like three days it's not hard that game (laughs) is it's it it captures you and i remember why well and we were in the headspace because of the netflix series because the netflix series was so good it works so Um, well in terms of uh we were talking pre-show about it and that show i think i was i said this last week uh that that show is not it's way better than any i thought it was going to be i mean netflix has had a hit and miss you know trajectory with with shows lately and then also it's 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 a it's a fantasy show so it feels very like okay let's do our game of thrones yeah Uh, and then it's henry cavill as the main actor and it's like okay that is an interesting choice for him like this could be uh this could be a bad move right i'm not that the dc well i saw him i'm good but yeah, I really liked him in The Tudors. I thought he was really great. He played, like, Henry VIII's, like, best friend, basically. Okay. And uh, and he was very good in that. And then uh, he kind of did TV? Superman. Tudors? Tudors, yeah, it was, it was a TV show. Okay, so I never saw it. So he started yeah. on TV then. He did, yeah, he did. Okay. Um, and, yeah, and then he, then he got this Superman role. And, I mean, they never really used him well at all in, in his Superman role. It just oh man such a waste and which i think a lot of people are seeing now with the witcher because i think not a lot of people are probably familiar with him from the tutors so then they get to see him in something that's you know well written and he does such a good job and i couldn't believe because uh, like i said i hadn't ever really played the witcher i think i only ever got about an hour in so um when i was like watching matt play i would see like images of Geralt, or you know like hear him say things and i was like oh my god like they nailed it with henry cavill like he looks just like him he sounds just like him i couldn't believe it like i thought the little like images next to the text when like Geralt was talking in the video game like i thought that they had like replaced those assets with like pictures of henry cavill's face like <laughs> they was just like it's so close they did so well i think yeah I, yeah in, i couldn't believe it in terms of adaptations i think both both the game company cd project red and netflix really captured what is very good source material and there's been a lot of stories out there um on both sides and i think I, we t- again we talked about it last week and just as a follow up no one corrected us, so I appreciate everyone taking it easy on us. Um, 
actually CD Projekt Red and the author behind the Witcher series have actually renewed their deal. Um, they've they've uh, come to terms and, that are agreeable for both parties, and CD Projekt Red is going to continue developing and curating uh, the Witcher sort of franchise in what they've been doing in games and board games and other related um, merchandise. So that's good news. And I mean, having watched the the Netflix series in uh, in total, and then knowing what I know about the Witcher game series and the book series. It's really interesting to look at this franchise as the games have always been sequels to the books because the books end and that's where the games pick up. So while it may not be from the same author or even in the books in in the games being in the same treated as being in the same world, it's still interesting to see this story continue. And you can definitely see like connections between the show and uh, some of the some of the stuff in the games even just with, you know, Siri and Yennefer and, and Geralt. And I think I appreciate, um, again, I haven't read the books, but I appreciate the characters in the games and the story they're telling in the games because now I kind of understand the beginning of that story with yeah. Geralt and Yennefer and Siri in, in the Netflix series. And, and yes, I know I could read the books, but... Um, who reads books you know (laughs) i was talking to someone about this and i thought i thought to myself like i wish i i wish i read books like i did before Uh, i used to read all the time Mm. uh and i really should i know reading books is 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 good for you um and man i i I always say i should really read those books i was like man it's just easier to wait the two years for the next season (laughs) (laughs) i think what i'm gonna do now that i actually have a commute to work again i think Mm -hmm. i'm gonna start because i've been listening to and if you guys haven't listened to this you really really should but um justin robert young jury just put out a new podcast uh just before the christmas break uh called raise the dead and it's all about the 1960 election of jfk Mm -hmm. and it is brilliant so I've been listening to that on my commute, but I'm almost done. And uh, yeah, so now I'm just like, oh, man, like, I think I want to listen to like talk radio type stuff when I'm driving into work. So I think I might get audiobooks. That was my roundabout way to promote jury and also say, yay, audiobooks. Oh, it's <laughs> a great like, podcast. Who reads paper? Like, come on. <laughs> well, I mean, it's all about multitasking, right? So yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I <laughs> it's like it. those that half an hour in the morning and half an hour in the afternoon. That's when I have some time to myself. So yeah, that's when I'm going to air quotes, read my books. <laughs> well, there you go. I, I think yeah. audiobooks, I, I have never been able to get into audiobooks for some reason. Um, although they I listened would... to a couple of Game of Thrones books on audiobook. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you'd think audiobooks would be right up my alley considering how many podcasts i listen to so yeah <laughs> I, I maybe it's something i need to give a shot uh i think my concern has always been like well if i'm listening to an audiobook that i'm falling behind on my podcasts and i don't even want to say how many hundred unlistened episodes i have <laughs> sort of earmarked on my phone they're not downloaded yeah. they're just sort of like they're ready to, to <laughs> they're like oh streamed. do you remember this thing you haven't listened yet yeah i, I know. know those feels <laughs> i'm months behind but uh that all to say really enjoyed the witcher on netflix have been enjoying the witcher 3 again uh, on pc i think i'm going to finish hearts of stone maybe start playing the the next expansion uh just because it it, it the what i will say though is i i recommended you trying the standalone um expansions 
Uh, but man, there's, there's a, there's a learning curve there in the sense that they don't try to teach you anything. Um, right. Well, they're the expansions, right? So they, yeah. there's some expectation that you've played the main game already. Well, I thought some, maybe like the tool tips would come back up at least, but they didn't, it didn't <laughs> nope. feel like enough to kind of bring me back in. Cause it's basically like, Hey, don't forget to, you know, level up your character. Good luck. And it's just like, Oh, all right. <laughs> So I just messed around in the abilities and I'm like, well, this looks right. And just dumped a bunch of shit into, the, into yeah. like sword and magic. And I'm like, all right, let's do this. And uh, I've 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 been competent in the game. I've been fine, been able to get through it. But uh, I know it's probably not as strong as I could have been if I played from the beginning. But I, I don't got 50 hours. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm going to keep playing it. And uh, yeah, The Witcher. It's good stuff. It's back. It is good stuff. Well, speaking of podcasts and things you listen to in your car, if you enjoy the content that we produce, you can head on over to patreon.com slash gamers in to support the show like Shatlux did. I think yep. <laughs> you're definitely going to have to write in and tell us if we're saying your name right, because I'm sure I probably butchered it. But they are our January patrons, so thank you so much for supporting the show. If you guys would like to, again, you can go to patreon.com slash thegamersin. That brings us to our topic of the week this week. We are talking about odds and ends of stuff that's been in the news because it's been fairly quiet uh, mm -hmm. in the video game front, but what we have learned is that there is a new Switch model that is launching in 2020. And so my first question to you, Ryan, because both you right. and I have like OG day one Switches. Mm -hmm. is this going to be something we need to upgrade to well uh this is this is a report so it's not something that has been announced but they're talking about but come on yeah <laughs> i mean we talked about this a couple weeks ago and how like how is nintendo going to combat the next gen systems and i've heard some people we say, thought maybe it was going to be zelda yeah but again like you can't just launch a new piece of hardware without a solid game so i think like this would be the the solid one-two punch launch this in september with a new Zelda, even if the new Zelda comes out in November, I think it mm -hmm. would still work in in that sort of idea of of combating the next gen systems because you don't want to like go right up against them. That's that's not a, a smart move. But coming out before them, that's pretty mm -hmm. good, right? Um, but yeah, they're they're talking about this being it launching in twenty twenty. Production will re reportedly begin early this year. Uh, some analysts are kind of combating it back and forth, saying like, well, you know, the improved Switch and the Switch Lite basically makes this less of a uh, a done deal but the idea being it would be a switch pro they've talked about it having like um better better uh, components probably retailing for 400 dollars us uh having 4k support bigger cartridge sizes um and other such things so mm -hmm. uh you know someone with a 4k television and looking at this as like, oh, 4K support, whether that means game support or because it's hard, it's hard to understand. Like, um, I feel know. like 4K support to me looks like Nintendo is trying to appeal to more third party developers, right? Mm -hmm. Like people who are already making 4K content and look at the Switch and say, oh, well, we can't release on the Switch because it won't, you know, we've done all this work. It's going to look so much better on other consoles or PC or what have you. So why would I release on the switch if it's going to be like 720p on a handheld, you know? Yeah. So I, I think maybe that that's, that might be part of it is they're trying to appeal to developers outside of Nintendo itself. 
Hmm. And uh, yeah, so maybe maybe that's a market that they want to get into. I can see that argument for sure. Well, gone gone are the days of uh, oh we well we got this game running on Switch. It's like oh man, I can't believe they got this game running on Switch. I think that's going to be less of an interesting story, and and, and people are going to realize like some some of these ports aren't they, like they're functional, and that's where people mm. are surprised. But they're not the best way to play that game. They're the best way to play that game portably which yeah. is why the Switch will always have that edge. But as you move into next-gen systems, you are going to need a boost to continue benefiting from a, well, let's do a Switch version. Um, yeah. And I think that's where Nintendo would be smart to say, like, okay, we didn't anticipate developers supporting the system in this way. Because, I mean, look at the Wii U. It got, it got those, you know, ports. Oh, here's a Wii U version. But that quickly went away. When developers realize like uh this isn't working for us yeah you know nobody's bought the system <laughs> exactly so with the switch in order to continue to take advantage of these uh these numbers that they have and the third-party support yeah i think it'd be smart to to boost the the innards of the switch and it doesn't need to match the next gen systems i think it just needs to be on that edge of keeping developers happy so they don't have to develop a completely separate skew of their game in order to have it on a, you know, uh, how many switches are out there in the wild. I think they, there's like 40 million plus, if not wow. more. Uh, it's a crazy number. I'm, I just pulled that out of my hat. I don't know if it's, uh, if it's for real, but it is a big number. Like, uh, they, I think they just announced that it, uh, it's outsold the second highest. It's like the second highest console selling. I think it's just wow. behind the, or third highest i think it's behind the nes and the ps4 so it's uh so it's outsold the wii even yeah i believe and now i'm not sure too sure honestly but it's it's up there it's because the it's wii sold there, a lot yeah. it sold a it lot it did that's why when you didn't mention the wii i was like no way yeah i mean i think that would have been a big deal if it's definitely outsold some of the lesser systems i think the big news was it, it outsold the super nes and maybe that was the big deal that was the big yeah. milestone um but yeah the wii sold a lot uh but yeah the wii's the any i think the nes is still the king with like over a hundred anyways now i'm just using numbers and i'm probably completely off track here so <laughs> everyone just so uh, we'll stop using numbers we'll exactly just say there's a lot of there's a lot of switches i could pause there, this so. go to wikipedia and look how many consoles have been sold and then we would instantly <laughs> have our, our information but that wouldn't be interesting it's much more yeah. interesting for me to be wrong. Um, for Ryan to make shit up. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's why the people <laughs> so, are here. Back to my question. Sure. With you and I already owning Switches, do you think it's going to be worth updating? Because now we've had um, hmm. the Switch, like the new one that just launched with the better battery. So you've got to assume if there's going to be a new Switch that's going to come out uh, next year, it's going to have that battery, if not an even better one. Um, and obviously like 4k support is neither here nor there really, because if something's going to be released on multiple platforms, I'm probably not going to get it on the switch anyways, just because of the, of the handheld. But if they were able to upgrade the screen and give that screen more resolution, mm -hmm. then maybe that would be worth it for me. I don't know. Um, but uh, I mean, I love my switch. I just don't know if it needs an upgrade because I have yet to run into a problem on the Switch where I feel like, oh, this is laggy or this isn't playing well. And now maybe that's because I don't usually buy things unless they're first 
like their um, Nintendo properties, uh-huh. uh, like first party stuff. I, I buy those on the Switch, obviously, because they're not available anywhere else. Um, but I don't usually buy third party stuff if I can get it somewhere else. Like if I can get it on the PC, I buy it on the PC. So I don't know. I'm not sure if I would upgrade. Would you? I mean, as someone who has started to uh, purchase sort of the half step consoles by trading in the old ones, um, it's a tough call. Uh, so for me. I just have to wait for Boxing Day next year. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I uh, yeah, maybe. I, 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 honestly, the hardest part with with Nintendo is still their infrastructure for um, making that switch. Because honestly, what I can do with the PS4 and Xbox One was I can back up all the entire contents of the console, including my licenses, wipe the other console, have my data on a hard drive, take the console back, buy the new one, trade it in, come back, and then load it all up, and everything's fine. Seamless. I log in. It's all good. But for Nintendo, I don't know if I have that faith to wipe my system and then expect the new system to have everything in place. I think you kind of have to purchase the new system do the transfer then take the system in so that kind of ruins the whole like you know uh yeah i mean they do they do have like cloud saves now right yeah for nintendo and the thing that that throws a red flag for me is talking about bigger cartridge sizes it's like oh so does that mean that any game that i've bought for the console that has a cartridge does that mean that i then can't actually use my old cartridges in a new switch well i think i think they mean like size wise like bigger bigger cartridge like storage storage yeah okay because i was reading this i'm like why would they want to make (laughs) cartridges bigger wouldn't that just take up more space with the cartridge reader in the switch like why is this a selling point but yeah if it's storage sizes that makes a little they've, more sense talked... i'm just really tired and dumb no 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 it's all good they've they've definitely talked about introducing like a bigger cartridge storage space uh, for a while now and and that's something nintendo has always said is possible is that i think they're talking about 64 gigabyte cartridge sizes i think right now 32 is the max uh, again, numbers could be wrong, uh, but there is a max and they've always talked about it being bigger. But of course, that increases costs and who eats that cost? Is it the developer? Is it the consumer? Who knows? But uh, I don't know. Um, it's tough to say if it's a if the price difference isn't too bad, I could look at it in, in terms of being the best way to play a Nintendo game. But Nintendo uh, does a stellar job at creating their games for their hardware. So unlike Microsoft and Sony, I don't really feel like I have to worry about having the best of the best console version in order to play their first party games. Nintendo has never had that issue with their console uh, games, whereas Nintendo or PlayStation and, and Microsoft, yeah, some of their first party stuff struggles on their launch hardware. I mean, Days Gone is a perfect example where yeah. you and I both played it on launch hardware and a lot of the noise was like, hey, if you're having issues with the with the game running, you're going to want to play this on a pro. Horizon Zero Dawn, while functional on the launch systems, was still a better, you know, a better looking game on the pro. So when it comes right down to it, I, I mean... BRB have to get a pro. <laughs> yeah. Well... <laughs> Yeah, it's just one of those things where with the with Nintendo Switch, like, is does Nintendo really require that extra hardware? Mm-hmm. And and if it is for third party developers, like, well, I could just play that game on the PC or play it on my PlayStation Five. Like, yeah. uh, 
maybe this isn't Sorry, for you Sorry, I didn't or I. hit the cough button fast no, enough. It's all good. <laughs> maybe this isn't for you or me, but it's for it's for people out there who may think, well, I don't want to spend $600 on a new console, but I could see myself enjoying my Switch games. So Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's well, we shall at. see because, again, this is just kind of like rumors and speculation. This is not actually, like, confirmed. It actually, the Nintendo actually got back to Polygon and said, we have nothing to announce at this time. So um, this obviously is just speculation-y type rumor stuff. So uh, read into it what you will. Uh, But what is not speculation or rumor is that uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia creator Rob McKenney is creating or in or whatever. There's a new Apple TV comedy series about making video games. And... I don't know. <laughs> I okay. So I've watched. I've watched the trailer now, uh-huh. and it reminds me a lot of Silicon Valley, which makes me. I like Ryan and I talked about this before the show, and Apple's stuff just seems to be kind of like copying other people's stuff and trying to be successful with it. And I mean, I so both Ryan and I have Apple TV subscriptions because they came with new devices that we purchased this year. Um, so I have a year of Apple TV just because I, I got a new phone. And so I watched the morning show and it was good, yeah. but it wasn't like amazing. <laughs> like, and, and I keep looking on Apple and every time I go to watch something, it's like, oh no, this isn't actually free. Like this isn't yeah. included. You can just rent this through us. And I'm like, God damn it, Apple, make it more obvious what is included with my Apple TV subscription and what is not. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so I haven't really watched other than the morning show. I haven't watched any of their original content. I've heard that there's a couple of them that are good. The um, oh, the one about the writer. Oh, Mm -hmm. it's like it's her name. Um dickinson dickinson okay yeah that that looks interesting but again like i haven't actually uh watched it yet and uh and then there's the one with aquaman that i'm just like i'll See. just put it on mute and just watch yeah. aquaman and that that would be fine He's um blind and but i <laughs> i don't really think that uh yeah that that's what apple's necessarily going for i don't think they want <laughs> like i don't mute. even know what it's about i don't even know what it's about i don't even care it's, it just uh, it has yeah. aquaman and he's yummy it, so. <laughs> well, you know, he is. I can. We agree on that. Uh, it, 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 it. Honestly, I haven't watched any of the Apple TV stuff. I, I do have a, a year subscription through a hardware purchase, and I appreciate that. Um, and I watched this trailer, and there are there are actors in it that I really like. You know, you got Danny yeah, Pudi from they, Community. Uh, that's the one thing that they that they do seem to be doing with Apple TV is that they are. Paying big money for big actors, for people that, you know, like the cast, when you look at it, you're like, oh, I know him and him and her and her. And, you know, like I'm I'm all over it. And, you know, oh, I'll try watching that because look at all the people that are in it. But I'm like, when I watch the trailer and I listen to the words coming out of their mouths, I'm like, man, <laughs> yeah. this is not good. <laughs> I know. That's the toughest part for me. And even they have um, Ashley Birch in it. Uh, she's a uh, voice actress. She was, well, we were speaking of Horizon Zero Dawn. She's the voice of Alloy, um, Borderlands, all that fun stuff. And I mean, you're right. It's just, uh, there's something about the writing that comes off we were again pre-show we were talking about it and i feel like this is going to be one of those shows where i 
I tricked myself into watching it, then quickly realized like, oh, wait, they're making fun of the people I love. You know, the people who are crafting these video games that I enjoy so much. And it feels like it could be a Big Bang Theory sort of scenario. Situation, Um, yeah. And I've watched, you know, I watch Silicon Valley and they do poke fun at the, the nerd stereotype, but it's smartly written and it doesn't feel damaging. It feels more like, no, these are just... These are just some people going through some stuff as they build a cool app, right? These yeah. people exist. They're not making fun of folks with social disorders. Um, I guess maybe sometimes they are, but not as bad as Big Bang Theory. And then yeah. I, I watched this trailer and it's like, okay, eccentric creator. Um, the one thing I, I will say that I really liked about it, he's a he's a, a narcissistic eccentric, eccentric creator, but... Um, the, the trailer kind of shows some moments where he realizes that he's a bit of an asshole and, and they kind of explore that a little bit in the trailer. So I don't know. I'll give it a shot. I, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the Beatles Ringo joke. That was, that was well done, I think. But uh, if it turns into like Silicon Valley light, but for video games, I, I might just watch Silicon Valley and finish that up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I have finished it. I was totally shocked that, it was done like i didn't realize silicon valley was coming to an end and then it was like oh yeah series finale was in the description of the episode i was like what Uh there is no way that they're gonna bring this to a satisfying conclusion so yeah like i mean i i would re-watch silicon valley i think before i would go and watch this and even then there were some points of silicon valley that i was just like oh man so cringe so cringe i like uh, the moment in the trailer. I, sometimes sometimes that oh my god what what's his name even i'm totally bl- richard oh the richard character oh Which he was that? like he's like the main uh head oh, of the company Thomas creator Middle, guy Middle yeah oh yeah man he just sometimes made me want to punch my screen <laughs> he <laughs> was the that. worst he was the worst at some points in time but there were some really amazing characters and some really great writing um in in that series so yeah well i like it's to gonna be similar to silicon valley like maybe it would be okay but i don't know apple stuff seems all similar to other stuff so but they're yeah. also like speaking of silicon valley um on top of uh this new uh, uh so it's called mythic quest raven's banquet mm, we didn't even know you know <laughs> that just rolls off the tongue mythic quest would have been better <laughs> Just say yeah. Mythic Quest. Just why do you have Mythic to add Quest. Raven's yeah. Banquet to it? I don't know why. Or just call it Raven's Banquet. Sure, pick, pick one. one or the other. It's like they had two good <laughs> titles and then the, they put it to a vote that was like a Tied. perfect 50-50 split. Yeah, and then they were just like, well, I guess it's both then. Well, this, this is, is what, what colons are for, you know? So just throw this it in there. This is not what colons are for. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> Unless they do like Mythic Quest and then this, the series two is like, I don't know, Raven's <laughs> funeral. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm out of all the Apple TV Plus stuff that's been unveiled. I am a little interested in it. I mean, the connection to video games is obvious, but the other part of it was this was unveiled at the Ubisoft E3 press conference where Ubisoft is assisting in all the the game stuff in terms of they actually in the trailer show sort of not only a, a, like a development area, but also a game that's functioning and 3D mm-hmm. modeling. And I, I dig that. I love a good fake video game. And if they nail that, uh, we could have some fun. And another movie that was brought to mind that you hadn't seen, but 
has a similar feel as, as grandma's boy it's terrible don't watch it but um <laughs> it's like an adam sandler produced it's got all of his sort of like friends in it he's not in it but um it has a fake video game it's kind of based around a, a, a game development uh studio and it's got the same sort of setup there's the you know the creative vision guy who's a bit of a bit of an ass but um and it's also like a raunchy comedy but it, it has a fake video game in it as well and that was part of it where they nailed it is like oh this feels like a real video game that could come out and they've kind of crafted this this game within the movie that usually would feel out of place right like oh that's clearly like a fake video game or they just they said it was um insert random tv show video game but it's actually just second life you know um yeah. so they didn't they didn't do that which was nice um you know like um there was a, a really bad one uh would have been i think svu had a video game episode and it was terrible <laughs> <laughs> so anyways uh yeah raven's banquet maybe we'll watch the first episode we can review it on the show yeah we can talk about it on the show for sure uh since we both have free apple tv i yeah, keep wanting to call it, it apple plus and that's yeah but uh anyways yeah so so that that is coming out uh february 7th mm-hmm. and we've got <laughs> The PS5 has a logo. Yes, it does. <laughs> and I don't know why people were expecting it to be anything other than what it was. It's I... basically just the same logo, but with a five on the end in the same font. Like, <laughs> you know, I. Okay, so there's this great, and we're going to. I'm not even going to link to the news story in our show notes. I'm going to link to the tweet of a video where this guy is basically it's the caption is Sony's lead graphic designer coming up with the PS5 logo and it's wondrous. I mean, I don't know Jocelyn if you watch this tweet, but you should watch it uh live. It's amazing. <laughs> um but yeah, it, it's, it's here's the thing. It kind of to me reeked a bit of like Sony arrogance where it's like here's our logo, we're not announcing anything else. <laughs> not just not a it, it's not a good look. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and you could have held on to this. You didn't need to just <laughs> announce the logo. I, yeah. I hope it's not the case. I would really love a generation of consoles where every company has their shit together. And I'm hoping the next generation <laughs> is that, where the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and the Nintendo Switch are all just competent platforms that compete well with each other. And there isn't a clear loser. And we all just have fun playing video games. Is that too much to ask for? Like last <laughs> last generation, we had the Wii U, and the and then kind of this half step generation, we had the Xbox One. That was a hard, you know, first step. And then previous to that, we had the PS3. I mean, can't we just have a generation where there's just like no no oddballs hanging around? I don't know. <laughs> I well, the don't... console itself might be good, just because uh, yeah. the logo is derivative and ridiculous. That they had an announcement <laughs> just for the logo that. Yeah, and I've now watched the tweet, and yep. that is accurate. <laughs> yeah, we did it. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a Dora the Explorer song or something. But um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I You're right. I'm not necessarily throwing the whole console under the bus. I'm just thinking, like, it kind of reeks of old school Sony arrogance, which Microsoft also displayed and Nintendo displayed. Yeah. I'm just hoping that no one has to go through that learning Uh step again maybe they they all did maybe last generation and the previous generation before that was enough for each company because it's 
It's an expensive business to fail in. Uh, so maybe this is just, maybe this was just their way of having fun. Like we're not going to announce anything, but here's the logo. Har har. It's the PS4, but with a five. Mm-hmm. But you're right. What were we expecting? There's literally like, I think down the, down the way here, there's essentially looking at the PS2, PS3, PS4 logos and they're they're all the same. They're all exactly the same, yeah. So I don't know why we thought we'd get a rework, but <laughs> we I didn't want maybe because the S and the five are so close together. Maybe people thought that they'd do something cool with that, but you know, whatever. It's just a logo, people. It's, it's a logo. It doesn't mean anything. Um, there was another CES. Uh, I didn't put this in here, but in terms of CES the related to next-gen consoles, everyone was freaking out. It's like, oh, we know what ports are on the Series X. And uh, it was a it was an AMD's conference where they were saying, oh, we're doing all this cool hardware for all the all the platforms. And Microsoft, Microsoft came out and said, no, they bought that from a website and here's the link and it cost $10. It's just a 3D model mock-up. It's not what it looks like. We'll have more information later. <laughs> like essentially throwing AMD under the bus and being like, yeah, yeah. they bought it for 10 bucks. So they should Jeez. know better. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, 2020 seems to be an interesting start for video games, if nothing else. So We'll have to see what the rest of the year has in store. Uh, if you guys want to join the conversation, you can head to bit.ly slash TGI Discord, or you can email the show at info at gamersandpodcast.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays, Ryan is at R. Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Yeah.